श्री गोई वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय गौ भक्तविंद की जाय गौ प्रेमानंदे सो नाइस टू बी विथ यू अगेन फ्यू आवर्स लेटर हियर एंड वी इज गोना टेक द क्वेश्चंस अबाउट एनी टॉपिक यस कलोक सो आई वाज रीडिंग टुडे हाउ सम Some Vaishnavas feel that Vikramanga, the separation that the gopis feel, is the highest extent of their love. But then I also read others saying that it's only in it, as good as it increases the samboga when they're together. Samboga. 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 So can you say something about that? Well, it's a very complex theological topic, actually. Uh, samboga, Vipralamba. union and separation in one sense they don't really speak about a physical union or physical separation but feelings that um for example may occur of separation even in union um more technical term for the actual uh if you will physical separation and union is um yog and biyog hmm um but the terms vipralamba and samboga are, are relative to madhuri rasa and there are four types of samboga and four types of vipralamba that correspond hmm we have the purvarag where radha and krishna for example haven't in the leela haven't yet met but they fall in love with one another by hearing about one another and so forth So there's a kind of a separation that they're uh, experiencing from one another without having met, and uh, there is a corresponding uh, union, some bog that, uh, and then there's uh, separation for <coughs> short periods of time when Krishna goes cowherding during the day and comes back. Corresponding union for that. There's the the uh, the separation that occurs. in union the classic example being the separation that radharani began to feel and i think udhava gita talking to the bumblebee and prema by chitya and uh, and then there's the separation there's technical terms for all these of course but sanskrit terms long after long for a long time that means going away to mathura going away to Vrindavan, and then Samriddhi Manvan, Samriddhi Man, Sambhog, the big <coughs> union after that and so forth. So, anyway, big, big topic. Um, your question is, some people say that separation is higher, is it? Some people say that union is higher or that separation is only uh, valuable as much as it fosters uh, union. Mm-hmm. And so I think it just really... talking about it they don't think they're really necessarily contradicting if we look carefully but um talking about it from from different angles of a vision and certainly we want the union of of, of Radha and Krishna we we seek to you know facilitate that in lila seva hmm? and and not the separation but the separation makes the heart grow fonder so again there are different ways to talk about it it said in union there's one krishna and in separation there are millions of krishnas so that's in other words 
I'm seeing him everywhere. Everything's reminding me of him. And so the separation is sometimes um, glorified in that way. Certainly the separation is the low tide, if you will, of in, in, in our practice hmm, that uh, leads to the high tide of, of union. The long night of the soul, dark night of the soul, to use a Christian term. I spoke today a little bit about how some sadhakas have reached the point, they're not sadhakas, they're not even bhava bhakti, but they become prema because they develop prema. And prema develops first in separation. Hmm? You know, shikshastakam, uh, the last two verses are about prema. The second of them is about prema and separation, and the third about, se- and the eighth, seventh, prema and separation, and then prema and union, hmm? in the eighth verse. So, uh, <coughs> excuse me, so the, the pro- sometimes, and very often, the separation will be emphasized hmm? because, as I say, to use common English parlance, it makes the heart grow fonder, there's longing and, and so forth that, that accelerates and intensifies the practice and so forth and, and, and causes the union. Hmm? But we'll stress the emphasis on the separation because this is the stage that one uh, first um, enters into praying. Again, like I said earlier, poor for rock for that matter. There's a separation. So, um, the argument for union superiority, I suppose, is also um, the idea found in Ujbal Numani, where the Madanaki Mahabhav, that is Radha's exclusive experience, is experienced in, in union. But it's it's really a union and separation uh, uh, in in some respects. So I don't think uh, that, that's something to um, uh, to um, split hairs about and and um, and make groups over. <coughs> we say union is better. We say separation. There's different ways to think about it and talk about it. This is all prem. Prem moves. Like a river, and, uh, and sometimes uh, I've, I've talked about it, low tide and high tide, or two banks of a river, and the river flows from union to separation. Union. Uh, to go to the verse Bhagavatam, we've been discussing Janma Adi Tarata. Janma, Janma Adi Rasasya. It may also mean that Janma, who gives birth to the original Rasa? Janma Adi Rasasya. And after all, the book says, two verses later, in the third of the three introductory verses, Nigamakobutaro Galitam Falam Sukamukadamatadrabasamitam Pibata Bhagavatam Rasam Malayam Muharho Rasikamugabuka. The book is about Rasa. Hmm? It's the ripened fruit of the tree of the Vedic knowledge, <coughs> Palam. It's fallen, so it's easy to pick up. It's right there. Hmm? Ripe. Hmm? You don't have to climb the tree to get it, extending itself to you, especially in the Prem Purushottam, the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in his dispensation. And so the, the, the book, the verse is saying, is about this. O oh, readers, be blessed. Hmm? Uh, drink this, 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 this fruit, this rasa. Pibhuta Bhagavatam rasa malayam mur oho. And if what happens if you drink it and you pass out, it says you get up and drink it again, something like that. Uh, and so the, 
my, my point is that the third verse of the three introductory verses is saying the book is about rasa. Hmm? That is the subject. Raso vaisaha. Taitari Upanishad said, Brahman is rasa. Hmm? The full idea of Brahma Jignasu, inquiry into Brahman, comes into inquiry about, about rasa, which makes inquiry into Brahma separate from rasa, a boring affair by comparison. Hmm? So, so given that the book is about rasa by its own statement, then we may take this janmadi, janmadi rasasya, the birth of the original rasa. Adi rasa means, mukya rasa means uh, Radha and Krishna's love affair. They're the hero and the heroine of the, the whole Brajalila, and there are so many supporting roles. Hmm. So, when we look at it like this, then Janma, Adi, Dasasya, hmm. Janma, Yataha, Anbayad, Itarata. Go back to Janma, Anbayad, Itarata. means directly and indirectly. It means this union, this, this Adi Rasasya moves like this. Union and separation. It moves like that. And it beautifies it. Hmm. So, we really don't want one without the other. Hmm. We don't want to say, union is best, so we are only going for union. Hmm? In union, separation will come. And in separation, union will also come. Hmm? So, uh, this is the way it, that that Leela moves. Hmm? Particularly the Madhurya Leela. All of them to some extent, but particularly in the, in the, in the Adi Rasa. So, these two are like characteristics, if you will, of that Rasa. Hmm. There's ways that we can say that oh, the, the union is the best, and and uh, Sanatan Prabhu is uh, Bhagavatam Rita. He will emphasize the 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 um, separation. Hmm. Rupa's book in Ujvalilmani, like I say, he he mentions that this highest position of Radha's Mahabhav, hmm, exclusive to her, is experienced in union. Hmm. So, depends how you. I want to talk about it, but both are the components. It, it moves like that. Janmad Yasyarataha, Anbayaditarata, Abhigna, Arteshu Abhigna, Abhigna. He is the, and, and this person who's the source of the original rasa, hmm, he is the perfect hero, the Nayaka. Hmm. He embodies the 96 types of heroes in Indian aesthetics, in drama. Hmm. The dear Alita, the dear Prashanta, all of them can be found in him, <coughs> and the Paramora, and the uh, and the wedded lover, and so on and so forth. You, all these together, they come to ninety-six different heroes. He is the perfect Nayaka, hmm? uh, and he's completely independent. This is a whole other explanation of the verse. I don't think we want to go into that entirely. We could. I mean. And then, very briefly, Tene Brahma Hridayadikabhaye. Tene Brahma He infused the spiritual knowledge of Brahman, that is Rasa, hmm? Rasa Tattva, into the Adikavi, the heart of the Adikavi. The Adikavi here then will be Bharat Muni, who is the original poet and wrote all the, the, the various uh, Shastras on poetics and. <coughs> And drama, 
and so forth, and, and uh, all the elements and ingredients of that and so forth, that it appears Rupa Goswami borrowed from that language in order to speak about um, Brahm and all of its implications. But when we look at Bhagavatam and the way I'm speaking about it, mm, uh, an explanation of Vishnu Chakuti Thakur, Krishna is the, adi, the source of the, of the actual Adi Rasa, so he gave Rasatattva in the heart of Bharat. Mm-hmm. Bharat got it in his heart and he wrote his books, but he got it not quite right. Mm-hmm. He got a, an important point wrong. And Muyanti Atsura, the other poets who followed him, they followed in the, his footsteps. They made greater mistakes even. Mm-hmm. And they thought that a mundane, that the hero could be mundane and the heroine could be mundane and there would be rasa. Hmm? But no. <coughs> Real rasa is bhakti rasa. As Jiva Goswami said, the only rasa of the material world is vibhatsa. It means disgust. Hmm? This is the only feeling we, <laughs> meaningful uh, feeling we derive from interaction with sense objects. Hmm? Meaningful in that the disgust that arises from interacting with them when they don't satisfy us to the extent they we thought they would with all the effort we made to acquire them, that disgust might have some negative impetus that pushes us in the direction of something more meaningful. Hmm? So they got that wrong. They also got something else wrong. They got wrong in Bart's um, books on, on, on aesthetics. He says that the, the, the woman, the hero and the heroine, the heroine and the hero, they enjoy equally hmm, in rasa. Hmm. This is not the case with the bhakti rasa, adi rasa. And that is why we have Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm. Because, because we know so Radha's experience was greater than Krishna's. Hmm. Bharat knows nothing about the, the braj rasa. <laughs> This is Krishna Das makes this statement in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Well, he doesn't know anything about rasa. He learned it wrong. Hmm. Something like that. Hmm. So this real rasa, bhakti rasa, hmm. this is what Bhagavatam is about. Hmm. It says, chārteshu abhigna suratene muyanti yatsurayo tejo Vari Madam Yata Vinimayor And it is full, this Bhagavatam, it is full of um, Trisargo, three uh, types of um, literal, it speaks literally, it speaks metaphorically, and it speaks, um, what, is, what would be the word? Um, no, um, um, suggestively. Hmm? Bhagavad says, it, it is said, the Bhagavad speaks like a father, like a friend, like a lover. Hmm? So you have to read it carefully and see. In different sections, it's speaking different ways. It's a Shastra. Hmm? It speaks like a father. Shastra says, you do this, and you don't do that. Hmm? That is the basic idea of Shastra. It gives the do's and the don'ts. 
So it, it speaks like a father in some places. Don't do this, don't and do that. Do this, don't do that. In other places it speaks metaphorically by giving histories. The histories in the Bhagavatam are like, you ever see the movies that are based on a true story? Just embellished a little bit to help you get a feeling for what's going on. They figure, let's add a character in here and, you know, let's change this a little bit and bring home the point a little bit more. So there are stories in the Bhagavatam histories. Indian history is largely like this of, you know, of times gone by. It wasn't in, the, in an effort to connect all the dots, this happened, that happened, exactly like this, and so forth, but rather a telling of the past and a significant past, a spiritual past, in a way that would transport us as far as possible into the experience of, of, of the moment. Hmm? That we may draw some, some meaning from that, something valued from that. Hmm? So... Um, you know, so many stories in the Bhagavatam about kings and so forth, and, uh, and they had so much, and they Bharat gave it all up, and the disappointment of this king and that king, this happened. These are all ba- very, very important but basic lessons that the Bhagavad is teaching. So there it's speaking more in a metaphorical way. The Bhagavad isn't there to tell you some history happened just like this, and uh, but from the historical stories to give you a message. In their stories that are true, that are told in different ways in different Puranas. You take the very story of Parikshit Maharaj being um, uh, cursed, and so it's told differently in the Mahabharat, very differently than in the Bhagavatam. The Bhagavatam tells the story in a particular way, and it's so compelling, and see what comes out of that. (laughs) It's very extraordinary. So a friend speaks like this, the idea is. Itihasa means a history means hmm, as verily as it was hmm, in feeling, like if I know a story that happened and it has a great import to it, and I tell it and I embellish the story to bring home the point. Hmm, this is what Bhagavatam is doing with so many stories. So, and so it speaks like a friend like this. Let me tell you a story. You know, this happened to me. Let me share something with you. And this is the important. Then it speaks suggestively, like a lover. So it takes some some feeling to to draw that out. The suggestions and the that are the, the implications of Lila, the saying, the different things the gopis are saying in different places and so forth. In Rasalila, for example, very full of suggestive language and so forth. So these are the three types of literary uh, devices employed in the Bhagavatam by Vyas. Hmm? And so our rendering of the Bhagavat following Vishwanachakvitaku uh, uh, on the first verse and Tejo Varimidamitabhinimayatatrisarugo Mrsha. It speaks in all three. Uh, moods and and it, 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 it's conveying something real. Hmm? It's real. Hmm? It's not just a myth. It's it's it, you know in, in, in the crudest sense of the term. Hmm? It's a myth. It's a story that will dis, that will dethrone the emperor of the mind. Hmm? 
and they'll get out from under his rule. How true is that then? How valuable is that? We'll be living in a myth of goods and bads, happies and sads, and, and so on and so forth, that are just perceptions based on mind and senses of the nature of being and so forth that might be different from your perception, so which is real. It's a mythic world in which we live. The personhood of ourself, materially speaking, is a myth. So that truth that can dethrone you know, the, the emperor of the mind who's, who's ruling over us, that's a powerful truth. This is Srimad Bhagavatam. So, anyway, I'm, uh, there's an explanation like this. And Anbhaya speaks of the union and separation, the integral parts of the lila. Hmm? One complements the other. I think this is the way to think about it, in short. One complements the other. And there's no point arguing which is which is better necessarily and what else? Yes. Can I talk more about Goloka Brindavan? Golok. Anything in particular? You don't know much about Goloka Brindavan. Goloka. Goloka. Hmm. Well, Goloka Vrindavan is the, is the Mahabhaikuntha, in one sense. There's, in, we want to say that in the realm of consciousness, um, in the subjective realm, um, Measurement becomes difficult. In the objective world, it's easy to measure. It's easy to measure things. Relatively easy. <laughs> um, but it's difficult to measure the measurer. Right? It's difficult for a ruler to measure itself. So consciousness is doing the measuring. When we measure, when we investigate the objective world and like, for example, through science and math, we measure the world, right? So consciousness is doing the measurement. We ultimately come to Heisenberg's statement that we don't really uh, investigate the world as it is, but we investigate the human investigation of the world. Hmm? So that subjective element, the self, consciousness, is, is uh, pretty important. <laughs> and um, so... But it's difficult to measure. People in scientific community, they want to measure the influence of consciousness. If consciousness is there as a, as a, as a, as a driving force in the world, hmm, an influence, then it should be measurable. But they're thinking only that everything material is measurable. But we're saying it's not material. Hmm. It's transcendental. Hmm. And what they try to prove by way of trying to demonstrate that consciousness is matter, they're trying to prove a miracle, that experience could come out of non-experience. Do you understand? Matter has no experience. And there's nothing in it that even remotely resembles experience. How are you going to get experience out of it? That would be a... What they're trying to prove is a miracle, <laughs> and they're against miracles, <laughs> is the idea. So anyway... We, we, don't, we have a different viewpoint. <coughs> consciousness cannot be reduced to matter. But now, when we go into the world of consciousness, into the subjective world, 
The difference between matter and consciousness is just like kind of the 101 of consciousness. Hmm? Bhagavatam wants to go to 108. Hmm? Well, what are the possibilities? So, in a very basic sense, we come to, as an atma, to identify with the all-pervading consciousness that is Brahman. Hmm? And we find that consciousness is 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 eternal hmm? it's just it's firm ground to stand on that we're made of that ground ourselves hmm? and um, and so being or existing becomes pleasurable in that no one is chasing me hmm? and because and why because I'm no longer a thief I've not taken from the environment so there's no karmic repercussions that are coming after me to arrest me hmm? so I'm free to be if you will, hmm? uh, for you to be be here now, as it was said. So just to be there. So they love to be the Ganis in Brahman. They love to exist, and they know that um, that attachment to things is the womb from which suffering is born. Hmm? So if we were to move from Brahman to Vaikuntha. You can go to Vaikuntha with yoga, mixed with some bhakti. You can attain Shantarasa. Brahman is everywhere. It's kind of easy to explain. You, You think all these forms are here today and gone tomorrow, right? Material forms. Underneath that is consciousness. It's kind of like a great sea out of which islands come for a while and then they disappear again. Hmm? Something like that. So, but now when we go from Brahman to Vaikuntha, we start to talk about forms again. Planets and forms, and it starts to sound smaller. And somewhat like the material world we just left. Hmm? But actually it's bigger. So we're trying to measure there. Hmm? Well, how is it bigger? It's bigger by way of increased affection. Hmm? There in Vaikuntha, there's possibility for Dasyarasa and one half of Sakyarasa. One half, reverential friendship and servitude and neutrality. Two and a half rasas. Shanta, Dasya, half of Sakya. So there's and there's a significant other that comes into the into the into view that is Narayan. He's a significant, as I like to say, consciousness other. Hmm? Others are a problem here. The whole idea that there are others and there are differences is problematic. Hmm? There, there are there is another, and there are differences, and they're not problematic. Hmm? Um, Everyone's centered on Bhagwan in different ways. So that makes that's the variety that makes for the spice of life, as they say. So we've gone from Brahman, kind of like infinite space or something. It's like oh, Buddha said, "There's." Nirvana is, an, is, is is the end. 
nirvana to blow out. There's nothing there. Shankar says, no, there, there's a room there, but the lights are out, and, and so it appears that nobody else is there. <laughs> and then in, we come to by Kunta conception, we say, there's a room there, hmm? and we turn the lights on. We find, oh, there are other people there, too. Hmm? And they're all properly centered, something like that. So there's possibility for differentiation. It doesn't get in the way of the unity. And, and it's a growing growing by measure of affection. Hmm? There's more of possibility for affection. Love will be measured on a scale of reciprocation. The measure to which we communicate with one another. And I understand your feelings and you know mine, you understand mine and sympathize and empathize with them. This is what constitutes love. Hmm? So in Baikuntam, we don't have merely the ceasing from taking that is part of love, that Gyanmarg affords us. In Gyanmarg, we stop taking because we know attachment to things is the womb from which suffering is born. So I'm through with that. I'm not going to take anymore. Hmm? But I'm not giving either. Hmm? A little giving has to get the, be there to get there. A little bhakti. But anyway. Then, in Baikuntam, then, all these possibilities, these two and a half possibilities of love are there. That I'm speaking about. So it's bigger by affection. Do you understand me? I mean, you could be, you could be on a huge, let's say, uh, desert or forest, all the room you could want by yourself, and have all the space you wanted, and you start to feel unhappy for want of another. By contrast. You could live in a little cave hmm? if you had another. Hmm? Do you understand me? So the space is bigger by affection, not by feet or yards. Hmm? By affection, a space becomes bigger. Hmm? Look at the size of the room that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu lived in at Jagannath Puri, the Gambira. Gambira means deep, deep place. Little room, six by eight, something like that, stone room. What a big idea came out of that. Hmm? We are all touched by that, such a big idea. Hmm? So, so Vaikuntha is bigger. Then we go from Vaikuntha, there's all types of experience, many types of experience in Vaikuntha, but there's one corner of Vaikuntha we call Ayodhya. It's different. Ayodhya, Ramdam. What is different about Ayodhya? from Vaikuntha. The difference there is that Ram, he's, we can say, a form of Narayan. Hmm? And how it will be viewed from Vaikuntha. But in, in Ram, Dham, in Ayodhya, Ram has a mother. Ram has a father. Narayan has no mother or father. Hmm? This is very, very different. Hmm? It's kind of human-like, Ramlila, but not human-like because Ram is so dharmic. You think that's inhuman? No one could be so so dharmic. He's God. He has to be God. No one can be like that. Hmm? <laughs> that is Ramlila, Mariada. Hmm? 
perfect execution of the of dharma and, and vaidimarg bhakti and he has a mother hmm? he has a father so we see some vatsalya there you cannot become like mother or father of ram hmm? who is the person who shows the way to enter ram leela hanuman vaidasya but what we find in ram leela there's some evidence that, that it's possible in some context to have a, a parental love for God and a more full measure of Sakya, like Bharat. Hmm? And um, um, the other, uh, Lakshman, hmm? brothers of Ram. Narayan has no brothers. He has no mother, no father. He has all servants. Hmm? And Lakshmi. Hmm? One Lakshmi. Hmm? Ram has one Lakshmi too. Ek Patni Brat he took. I, I will have one, one wife, and that will be Sita. Hmm? So, you can enter into Ram, Dham, following Hanuman, but, but Ram, Dham, Ayodhya is is pointing towards Goloka, where the possibilities that are come a little bit to the fore in Ayodhya are realizable for us in Goloka. Hmm? There we find, so the distance we are going is by rasa. We went from no rasa in Brahman to Shantarasa and Dasya, and half of Sakya. Hmm? And then it carried into Baikuntha, and from there we go to Goloka. And it's becoming even smaller in appearance. Now Goloka is just this village. Hmm? They ride in ox-driven carts, and it's not like big palaces like Baikuntha or, or Ayodhya's Ram is a king and so forth. Krishna's not a king there. Hmm? He's a coward. Have you ever been to a village and met a, met a cowherd in India? Hmm? They're usually not too clean and uh, you know, hanging out with the cows, it's hard to stay clean. <laughs> uh, very uh, uneducated, hmm? rural people. Goloka's appearing like that. Hmm? So it, 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 it looks like it's getting smaller. Like Vaikuntha started to look smaller than Brahman, but we analyzed, but actually there's more affection there. It's got shape and form, but that shape and form is not getting in the way, it's facilitating. Hmm? In one sense, form and shape here get in the way. In another shape, in another, another sense, they facilitate. Right? If I didn't have this form, and I couldn't drink the water, right? So here the form, the cup, is facilitating. So there's a, there's a possibility that form may limit, and there's a possibility that form may facilitate. And of course the forms there are, are Brahman concentrated. Concentrated Brahman. Concentrated Satchitananda. Like you get some concentrated juice, something like that. Very constant, so it takes a shape. After all, if consciousness focuses itself on matter, what happens? Matter takes a shape. 
Gita says this. Aparayamitvastanyam prakritim vidyameparam jiva bhuta mahabahu yayadam dayatejaga. It's the jiva that's making the world go around, giving it shape. So if consciousness invests itself in consciousness, in itself, there may be possibility of shapes made out of consciousness. So from Bhaikuntha we go to Ayodhya, from Ayodhya we go to Goloka. And there are three divisions in Goloka. Dwaraka, Mathura, Vrindavan. And we get smaller as we go, in a sense, in appearance, but we get bigger in terms of affection. There in Vrindavan, in, in Dwaraka, Krishna is a prince. Sometimes he has four arms. Sometimes he shows two arms. Everybody knows he's God and all the others think we're part of God's family. They really they think that's very extraordinary. It is. <laughs> and then in Mathura, there's a little more intimacy in Mathura. There's Devaki, there he's born there, so forth, Nandamara, or excuse me, Vasudev. And it's just close to Vrindavan, just not far. Then in Vrindavan we come. There the full face of uh, uh, of Rasa. There he is Rasaraj. So f- the full face of affection. So that Gokul, Vrindavan, in Goloka, that is the center of the lotus of Goloka. And this is where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is sending us by his Nams and Kirtan. Therefore it is said by Narasimha Thakur, Goloker Premodhan Harinam Sankirtan. From Golok, the Prem, Dhan, the wealth of Prem has come in the form of Nam Sankirtan. Krishna Das said it like this. He took the Yuga Dharma, Nam Kirtan, and he and he interwoved interwove that uh, into a garland of with Prem. It's like he took a, a garland of, of leaves and then wove flowers into it. And so with the garland of Harinam, mm-hmm. coming from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nam Shrestam, the highest conception of the name comes, Parakanam, not Taraka Brahm, Brahmanam. Mm-hmm. One can't get to Golok. Taraka Brahmanam, then you can get liberation to Vaikuntha. Paraka Brahmanam, there's a means that this Nam Shrestam, highest conception of the name. Hmm? That's why we say sometimes in name we find Krishna, Ram and Hari, and Hare means Radha. Hmm? This is not ordinary uh, understanding given in Kali Santarana Upanishad, for example, where Hare Krishna Mantra is mentioned. So, to go to Golok, this is the, uh, what, uh, the, the Nam Sankirtan, which is the, the the method of the madness of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu hmm, is meant to afford us, and there there are four rasas: dasya, sakya, vatsalya, madhurya. Hmm. But the dasya, who are the? They are servants of Krishna, hmm. like in Krishna's house, servants of Nanda Maharaj, and uh, and um, and Dishoda. They're the king and queen of the coward community, so they have some assistance and so forth. They're not all in reverence of Krishna like in Vaikuntha, not that kind of dasya. Hmm? But they have a role there as servants. And there's a little friendship to them. 
That's why when Prabhupada was asked by Rishikesh Ananda, is it in Vrindavan, in Lila, everything, we are all going for Madhurasa? He said, down to Sakya, Pranay. Hmm? At least beginning there. And Sakyaras, the full face of Sakyaras, four types of Sakyaras. To be a Saka, to be a Suhrit Saka, to be a Priya Saka, to be a Priyanarma Saka. Hmm? This is very different from Vaikuntha. So you can be the friend of Krishna in a general sense. Hmm? Friends mean equals. They feel themselves equal with Krishna. In Vaikuntha, nobody feels equal with Narayan. Hmm? But in Golok, Krishna's God is taking a form with his with those who love him in fraternally, as if equals. Hmm? The Surit Saka means their Sakyaras is Sankul. It's it's not cable. It's mixed. This, the, 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 I want to say the Saka is mixed with Dasya. The Surit Saka Saka is Sakyaras mixed with some paternal love. Some slightly older than Krishna, watching out for him, hmm? this kind of thing. Then there's the Priyasaka, pure Sakya, like Sridham, hmm? Kebal Sakya. Then we go to Priyanarma Sakha, another Sankul, mixed. There, there is this Sakyaras mixed with Madhurasa. Hmm? So when Krishna goes out cowherding in the day, hmm? and then they have a picnic lunch, and then he says, I know I heard there was a famous astrologer in town and we should go and see him. And so all the boys said, yeah, let's go. Said, but I don't think it would be right for all of us to go at once. So many people coming on him, that will be an imposition. So let me just take a few of you and we'll go. The rest of you stay with Balaram and take care of the cows. So he will go with the Priyanarmasakas, like Subal, like Ujvala, Madhu Mangala. And they will go not to see an astrologer. They will go to Radhakund, Shamakund. Hmm? And this is the speciality of the Gaudiya Vaishnava, this Shamakund, Radhakund Leelas. They're not found anywhere else. Hmm? In midday. Very um, interesting course. Big subject. And, and so they, they, they know the feelings of Krishna's girlfriends. And they assist those girlfriends in meeting with Krishna. And so they assist Krishna meeting with Radha and so forth. Hmm? And then we have Madhurasa and so many different shades of Madhurasa and so forth. Hmm? Hmm. And in that, the highest ideal is those who are the handmaidens of Radha, who only want to serve Radha and assist her in her trysts with Krishna. Hmm? And they have kind of a dasi bhakti to Radha that is a form of Madhurasa. Everything that she experiences in their love with Krishna, they experience hmm. vicariously, indirectly. Hmm. So, Goloka, anyway, the point is, affords all these types of possibilities of intimacy with Krishna. These rasas indicate different degrees of intimacy or reciprocal dealings in love. So, in Vrindavan, in Golok, Krishna is called Rasaraj. That's why we say, Narayan is the incarnation of Krishna. Not that Krishna is an incarnation of Narayan. Because we find in Krishna m more possibilities for loving exchange than we find in Narayan. Hmm? More affection, 
more possibility for intimacy. And on that scale, we make a subjective measurement and we calculate. Krishna's too, Bhagavan Swayam. Krishna's the source of Narayan. Hmm? Do you understand? So Golok is for that. Hmm? Hmm. Love and intimacy. There, you see, if the finite wants to get close to the infinite, the infinite will have to take a finite-like appearance. Otherwise, how will you get close to the infinite? You will think, I'm sitting next to the infinite. Oh, my God. And you, you'll go home, oh, my God. So Krishna is taking a form that's finite-like, human-like. Hmm? And he's the omniscient God, like I said the other day, but omniscience leads to boredom, so you play. If you know what's going to happen all the time, then it's kind of boring. Hmm? Right? You might want to know everything, but once you did, it would be very boring. And so what do you do when you're bored? You play. So Krishna plays, but he plays so hard and so good hmm, that he gets lost in the play. Hmm? Therefore we say, Krishna is more the son of Yashoda than he is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Hmm? He's more there. Hmm? He's one with, with Yashoda's love. He's one with Radha's love. That's where he's most. Hmm? And in that love, he's not thought of as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That's a background thing. Hmm? That Aishwarya has gone to the background. The Madhurya has come to the fore. Hmm? And so the possibility of such intimacy there. This is the revolutionary uh, theistic spiritual ideas given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to the world. Therefore we celebrate his descent and think this is a great contribution to the religious world. What possibilities lie there hmm? for us? And what and the method for, for attaining it is, is so you would think, well, that would be very difficult to get there. But the method has become very easy. Hmm? Nam Sankirtan. Why is it easy? Because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna. But he's kind of Krishna in need, in need to taste the love of Radha. So he has a great necessity at that time. He's very accessible. Hmm? He's accessible. So it's easy to get in. Hmm? It's just like, you know, kick him when he's down. It's easy. Something like that, they say. So he's down. He's fallen in love. He's like, he, he's like, he's pulling out all the stops. He's got to attain this. And, and so at, at that time, his necessity is overflowing in the way that turns, in, that turns into a benediction for others. We find out about it. There's a primary reason for his descent, and it's all internal. Hmm? And in the pursuit of that, the external reasons manifest as well, and we are the, um, uh, the recipients of that, the, the overflow hmm? of his own introspection and, and, and existential crisis that turns Kshama into Gore. Hmm? Antar Krishna Bahir Goram. He's Krishna inside, but outside. He's golden, he's Gore. And he has a great need. And so, this is a, a, a kind of a, what do you want to say, an expressway. Hmm? The Radharani Express. Yes. To go to, go to Vrindavan. Hmm? Go to Goloka. So that's our ideal. So there are many beautiful spiritual possibilities. Hmm? And 
that the world has heard about, this world has heard about, but nothing like this. Hmm? This should be the headlines. Hmm? What Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has come to give. They have a very extraordinary thing. And if you get a little taste for that, then even Vaikuntha will become unappealing to you. So how good is that then? To speak of Brahman, very unappealing. Vaikuntha, very unappealing. We think it would be a fall down. <laughs> No falling down from <laughs> from Golok to to Baikuntha, We hope <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the idea. That help yeah. something about Golok. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good question. So Navadweep, that is the abode of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mm-hmm. As we said, Gaurila is not different from Krishna Lila. It is Krishna Lila mm-hmm. in reverse. The object of love has become the shelter of love. Mm-hmm. He switched position he's trying to switch positions. He's the object of love. Now he's trying to be the lover. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Navadweep must be in Golok. Hmm? It must be in Vrindavan. Navadweep corresponds with the Vrindavan Leela. Puri corresponds with the Dwarka Leela. Hmm? Where Mahaprabhu got his head shaved, that corresponds with Mathura. Hmm? Kamsa came and shaved his head there. Hmm? <laughs> in in, in, in Gorlila. Mahaprabhu Chet Nimai Pandit. Nimai Pandit. There's no Aishwarya in this name. In a little life. He's a Pandit. Nimai hmm? hmm? is a very affectionate name given to him by Sachi, uh, by uh, uh, Sita, Sita Devi, Advaita's consort, to protect him from ghosts and spirits. He was born under a neem tree which is antiseptic and thought to dispel evil spirits and so forth. Seven or eight of Sachi's daughters were, were still born. And then, then there was an older brother and then Nimai, Mishvambar Mishra, as he was named. So she nicknamed him Nimai. This is an affectionate uh, parental name. She wanted to protect him. Hmm? So he became known as Nimai and then he became a pundit. So Nimai pundit. Hmm? Uh, then he leaves Navadweep. That is a great loss for everyone there. He takes sannyas, shaves off his ha- hair and so forth. Hmm? He goes to Puri. He becomes Sri Krishna Chaitanya. As Aishwari in this day, Sri Krishna Chaitanya. Hmm? He carries the staff and uh, and eventually he, he's a sannyasi, so you have to have a little distance from him. Hmm? A little respect, right? And ultimately he goes... Mad in ecstasy, and you can't—you just can't like get close to that. Mm. A couple of people, Damodar Sarup and Rai Ramananda, tending him and so forth. Mm. But in that, he's showing the way to go to Navadweep. Mm. So our goal is to enter Navadweep, the Kirtan in the house of Shiva Thakur, mm. and that is Vrindavan. 
that we call a Gupta Vrindavan, hidden Vrindavan. It is Sveta Dweep. Hmm? So inside the lotus of Gokul Vrindavan, there is where you find Namadweep there. Hmm? If, you, if you really enter deeply into the Krishna Leela in, in Gokul, hmm, then you, you come to experience Namadweep. Hmm? And he's going back and forth like this. Some devotees like Krishna Lila, they stay there. Some like the Gaur Lila, they stay there. But it's hard to stay in Gaur Lila because Gaur Lila is taking you into Krishna Lila and back. <laughs> so, so it's called Gupta Vrindavan. Hmm? Then you look at the nine islands of Navadweep and they've been identified. Bhaktivinoda did a great service to the community. Hmm? Like the Goswamis before him, the six Goswamis revealed the places of Krishna's pastimes and so forth in Vrindavan. Hmm? Here he performed this, here he performed that, and a king would come and build a ghat, and build a temple and to commemorate and so forth. And we go there and we hear the stories of the Leela and so forth. Bhaktivinoda Thakur did this with Navadweep. You read his book, Navadweep Dhammahatmya. Hmm? He showed all the different islands, how they correspond with the different angas of bhakti, shravanam, kirtanam, smarana, how they correspond with different places in Vrindavan and so on and so forth. Hmm? So that's a good book to help understand how Navadweep is a manifestation of Vrindavan. And again, I give the example of the reverse jacket, something like that. So the lotus within the lotus. Navadweep is getting to the heart of of Gokul Vrindavan. Hmm? You know something about Krishna there. That's very extraordinary. Hmm? His necessity for love reached such a such high point. Hmm? <coughs> Of course, these are not things that happened in time, but, so it's an eternal event. We're meditating on that one event. Mm. Yes? You said that um, Jagannathpuri represented like Kunta. Dwarka. Dwarka. But within Jagannathpuri, where Lord Chaitanya went into the deepest bottom and right. the separation of There he was, there he, he left Navadweep, he performed Sankirtan, Nam Sankirtan, throughout India. Then he retired in Puri, when the Kirtan turned into Smarnam. As Priyata Bhagavatamrita says, Kirtan turns into Smarnam. Smarnam energizes Kirtan then, then the Kirtan energizes the Smarnam. And these two together, these are the way, Varag Bhakti. So his Kirtan turned into Smarnam, he's teaching how to go there. Where he's teaching to go is to, as I said, the house of Srivast, that is the Rasa Kirtan, that is non different from Vrindavan. Hmm? He's teaching to go to, we can say, he's take, he, no one could go in the house of Srivast and perform Kirtan, right? Not just anybody. So he's letting people in this way. He's showing the way. The rest of the Leela outside of Navadweep is showing the way to enter back in there. Hmm? So when Kirtan turns into Smarnam, hmm? then the private life develops, internal life, and so forth. And, and the separation comes that we were speaking of earlier and so forth. And then enter into Vrindavan, enter into Navadweep. Hmm? So he showed like this hmm? in his sannyas lila. That's why it's dear to us, important to us, but from the Navadweep perspective, it's a terrible thing. Mahaprabhu taking sannyas, that's, a, that's a, un, unthinkable. It's like Krishna leaving Vrindavan. Hmm? But he did that 
for us. Therefore, he told Vishnu Priya, in this Leela we have to cry hmm, for others. My Amrigam Vaita Apsidaman Badavad. He went hmm, to seek us out and so forth. So, um, so, and then you can't get close to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu there. That's Aishwarya. I mean, it, it, you can't. But in Navadvip, then you can be his friend. Hold his hand and go to the Kirtan. Nimai hmm? Pandit is our friend and our guide. Hmm? Tonight, tonight we will go to the Kirtan. Today we will go to the delta of the Ganga and perform some Kirtan and go into uh, the, 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 into the town of Navadvip. Hmm? Into every house and perform Kirtan and, and so forth. Hmm? So that possibility is there in Navadvip. Navadvip is sweet. There's no Aishvarya there. Hmm? So that's the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu we're most interested in. But his sannyas leela helps us to go there. Uh, you know Guru Kripa Maharaj? Well, he used to have these little deities of Gornitai, and he used to spend a lot of money on them, decorating them with jewels and things like that. One day he had, he had platinum murdungas for them that he had made, and platinum dundas. And he had them like with shaved heads, holding dundas and murdungas. And I took one look at that. I've never seen that before. So I asked Prabhupada, I said, I said, you know, Prabhupada Guru Kripamar has addressed the deities Gornitai as sannyasis with shaved heads and murdangas and platinum dundas. I don't think I told him it was platinum dundas, but... And, and Prabhupada said, actually, we do not like to think of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a sannyasi. That's why Nityananda Prabhu broke his danda hmm, on the way to Puri. That hmm. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he, he is Krishna, he will carry a danda to punish himself. It's intolerable for us. And the whole sannyas leela. So Prabhupada went into the, into the Navadvip leela. We don't like that sannyas. But then it is instructive to us and, and so forth. And it would come out. So um, this is the idea. Yes. It's all pointing back to the Vrindavan Leela. Hmm? Therefore, the big events are Uddhava going back to give a message, Balaram going back to give a message. These are the big events. In what we're finding in, in, in Dwarka and Mathura is Krishna is missing these people, although he's a prince. You got all these, uh, he's establishing dharma, he's, the gods have sent gifts to make him a palace. And, in Dwarka, he's got everything. He's like the guy that, you know, he was just a country bumpkin, and now he's got, he's a prince, celebrated throughout the lands and everything. The gods are coming from heaven and giving him gifts in his fort and so forth. But if we read it carefully, we find, oh, his heart is in Vrindavan. He's not satisfied there. He goes to Kurukshetra and the big elephants and all that. And what does he find? The gopis come there, the inhabitants of Vrindavan come there. He tells them, I'm not happy here. I've got to be here for some things, but my heart is with you. You should know that. This famous verse, I'm purchased by, by you people. We find, again, he sent Uddhava, his closest there, to send a message to them. But as we heard this morning, 
Uddhava got educated. And we did as well, if we studied that Lila carefully. Balaram is sent there to pacify the inhabitants of Vrindavan. These are huge events. From Everything else is a little bit just, you know, background <laughs> background music. And of course then, you know, Radha is there as Satyabhama. Chandravali is there as Rukmini. Their roles are switched. Rukmini has the high position. Satyabhama, the... So we, just, we, 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 we see those moods come out, all the associates. Krishna's partially there in Dwarka. Hmm? So his associates are partially there also. Hmm? But the whole thing is really reflecting back. And this has been brought out more in books like Vidagda Madhava, Lita Madhava of Rupa Goswami, his dramas. Hmm? So... That's the purpose of those leelas from our perspective. I mean, they showcase the leelas. You can mix Vaidhi Bhakti with Rag Bhakti and become a queen in Dwarka, if you like. So the possibility is there also. But if you study the book carefully, then that means through the heart, through the eyes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then you won't be interested in that. You can and you can you can appreciate also what I'm saying if you study Gopal Champu to you, Goswami, hmm? and that's available in English, Gopal Champu. Um, then Jiva Goswami brings it out a little bit more. He retells the whole Bhagavatam. It's a retelling of the whole Prakat Leela, hmm? but it's more apparent in his writing that Krishna's heart is in Vrindavan, and he, so he helps to bring that out. Yes, you had a question. No, so not created. These are all in the, uh, you know, in a, in a, um, it's a, when there are things that words do not do justice to. There are realities that transcend word and thought, but still we try to talk about them and to think about them in such a way that we may enter into them and go beyond word and thought. If I go into samadhi, I come back out. If I try to talk about that, what can I say about that? It's beyond words. It's beyond thought. My mind had to close down to go there. Hmm? I don't know because I can think. But the mind is getting in the way of my knowing. Hmm? So yoga is for closing down the mind in a sense. In bhakti, we, in yoga sutra we want chitta vritti nirodha. The vrittis of the mind are the chitta nirodha. I mean, it's going like waves, the mind. And we want to calm and placid like a, like a lake in the forest. Hmm? But in bhakti, we want um, bhakti vritti to come on the mind. Hmm? Sudha satma visheshatma, prema suryamsu, samyabhak. This is the ladini shakti, sambit shakti. Hmm? Bhagwan taking over the mind of the sadhaka. Hmm? This we want. And so... In order to talk about that experience, we use words that um, don't do justice. So, for example, I can say, Krishna was one, he became two as Radha, and the two became one as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. 
There's a beautiful verse like this, a Surabdhamadar Goswami. But it's not that that happened at some time. Do you understand? We kind of talk about it from our frame of reference. Things have beginning and end. So some things are talked about in language as if they have a beginning and end because those are the limitations of language. But the teaching is that they don't have a beginning. Krishna has no beginning. Hmm? Let's talk about ourselves because that's the subject. Vishnu has no beginning, right? Mahavishnu. He's Anadi. Anadi means no beginning. The world is said to issue from Vishnu poetically like he breathes out and the world manifests. He inhales and it comes back and then it starts again. Now, Vishnu is Anadi, right? What about his breathing? Is that Anadi? <coughs> yes. You can't, you can't have a Vishnu but he's not breathing, right? <laughs> That's the idea. So that means these cycles of the world coming and going, they have no beginning. Hmm? So this is a very prominent teaching throughout all schools of Hinduism and all schools of Vedanta. Hmm? The world has no beginning. This Christian idea is the world had a beginning. There was nothing. God made something out of nothing. In Vedanta, if it doesn't exist, it will never exist. If it exists, it will never not exist. Hmm? In Christianity, they, they have a, there's an issue of why the world... If God is great, why did he make a world where people suffer? If God is good. But for Hinduism, it's like, well, he didn't make the world. <laughs> the world is the Maya Shakti. It exists along with Vishnu. His Shaktis don't begin at some time. Hmm? God is with his Shakti. Parasya Shakti vibhidai vishuyate. Brahman is described like this with innumerable shaktis. It's not that the shaktis begin at some time. So the jiva shakti has no beginning. The maya shakti has no beginning. The sarup shakti that governs the leela has no beginning. You were talking about now jiva shakti and I'm talking about jiva shakti in relation to maya shakti which is where we usually find jiva shakti unfortunately in relation to maya shakti. So this is, this is so, the, the, so the, there's a beginning in that Mahavishnu exhales and inhales, hmm? but there's no beginning to his exhaling and inhaling. So there's no beginning to the jiva. Hmm? But we say, Vishnu generates the jivas. Hmm? So he generates the world, but the world, but there's no beginning to that generation. You follow me? Hmm? So what is the world? The world is the mixture of the jiva and maya, jiva shakti and maya shakti, right? The combination of these two. What does the Gita say? Bhumyarapo nalobayu kamanobarevacha hankari itiyame bina prakriti rashtata bina prakriti rashtata Maya Shakti is constituted of these elements earth, water, fire, air, ether and it's bina separate from me it's, it's at a distance from me it's my Shakti so it has no independent existence so it's, it's one with me in that sense but it's different from me too, so it's separated from me. It's like the shadow and I'm like the light, something like that. So, if Vishnu is anadi, if breathing is anadi, the world cycles are anadi, the jivas are anadi, the world is the jivas and, and the maya shakti, 
And what do we call that? Combination between the jivas and the maya shakti. We call that karma. Karma is an ali. It has no beginning. Hmm? But it can have an end. Hmm? So the jivas have no beginning. So how long have you been in this world? Forever. Hmm? When will you get out? Whenever you want. Hmm? <laughs> Whenever you want. Hmm? When the want is there, then Rikshit wanted the solution, Sukadeva appeared. Hmm? There's no shortage on God's side for remedying. As Bhakti Siddhanta said, the shortage is on people who want to make a solution. That's why Prabhupada said, not everybody needs a guru. He said, only people who want to make a comprehensive solution to the problem of life. Hmm? And not everybody wants to do that because that's not so easy to do. We want it, when we hear about it, it sounds good, but when we talk about how to do it, <laughs> that's not, then we've got something else to do. <laughs> so, so you'll find statements like that in, in, in the texts sometimes, but that's how to understand them. Hmm? Uh, we're limited by words, by reason, and so forth, uh, to talk about things, to think about things that transcend them both. Yes? In the material world, yeah, there is. An inexhaustible supply, there's always going to be something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it is an infinite number of jivas in the material world, infinite number of jivas in the spiritual world. <laughs> and this is, you see, mind, reason, it's a problem. They all have the, yeah, whatever that means, exactly. That's why, you see, hmm, the vehicle for going to the Parabyom is not the intellect. That is not the vehicle. What is the vehicle? Shraddha. Faith is the vehicle. Now, often faith is thought to be a departure from reason. Oh, well, you've, that's what you believe. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but actually, faith, properly understood, is not a departure from reason. Indeed, Reason properly understood is meaningful, useful, and beautiful when it becomes an assistant of faith. Hmm? Reason should assist faith. Then it has meaning and, and, and value. Otherwise, reason by reason we get nowhere. Hmm? And one type of reasoning can always be surpassed by another type of reasoning. And if you disagree with that, then you agree with me. Hmm? <laughs> Therefore... The sutras say, Tarko pratishtanat. Apratishta. You cannot get any real standing by reasoning. Hmm? It's, 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 it's a limited instrument. Hmm? It has, that doesn't mean we don't think and use reasoning. What we do is we use, not kevalyuti. Kevalyuti means unbridled reasoning. This is what happened in Western civilization. Philosophy and reason was detached from revelation. The revelation, of course, was the Western revelation of the Christ and the Bible and so forth. Hmm? So it was easier to detach <laughs> from <laughs> than the Vedanta. Hmm? So <laughs> but anyway, theology then is another thing. Theology is, is to reason about the import of revelation. Hmm? What is its significance? And, and so to follow the revelation is not just I don't think, hmm, 
whatever Prabhupada said, I just repeat it. No, you think about what did he say? When did he say it? What it might have meant then, and what he might have said now, given what he was like and what the scriptures say, and so to reason about the import of the statements of scripture. This is called Shastrayukti, and this is the ultimate praman, ultimate evidence. To, have to, to do that, one has to have some ruchi, Rupa Goswami says, some taste for the whole thing. Then they can go in there. This is the implication. This is the import of this, and so forth. And then the scriptures remain alive in new times and circumstances. Hmm? Right? So, what was your question? Were I answering your question? <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. So, so the mind, I was saying the mind, reason is a very, uh, I mean, reason is, reason is a, you know, a function of the intellect, and intellect is on the material hierarchy. It's the higher rung of the ladder, but it's material. The self, however, consciousness is different altogether. It's categorically different. It's not material. Hmm? And faith, when we speak about faith, we speak about divine faith. Hmm? This faith is well-reasoned. It reasons as to the shortcomings of reason for comprehensive knowing. If you, <laughs> if you want perfect knowing, then you know this is how you get it. Because if the infinite is to be known, it will be on the infinite's terms. How the finite will know the infinite? If the infinite wants the finite to know, then it's possible, given its infinite capacity. So reason is, 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 is useful, very valuable. It should be very much used and applied in relation to scripture and its implications and, and so on and so forth. But reason untied from revelation, it will never take us to the land from which revelation comes. Hmm? Revelation is the kind of a hand extended by God for those who cannot, f to afford us a means of comprehensive knowing. Hmm? So faith is the vehicle, and faith should be well-reasoned hmm? also. Hmm? <laughs> but faith is the vehicle, and faith is not, a, in the way I'm speaking about it, is not a departure from reason, but rather it picks up where reason leaves off. Hmm? It is a transrational. And it, when we speak about it, we're speaking about experience. So what gives you, you know, faith or conviction? Hmm? Well, your reason about things will give you some conviction. That's true. You can reason about something and get some conviction to go forward invest yourself, your energy, in, in some pursuit. But if you have experience, you know, if you could think, uh, when we talk about faith, we're talking about really experience. One has experience. It's so confirming. Ah, I don't even have to think about it anymore. I want, this, I want that. I want to go there. Hmm? So faith is some you know, form of Revelation faith is faith is a, is the kind of knowing that enables us to go forward. Hmm? Reason is good, but it's a, a reason ruled life is a, is a, is a proceed with caution type of life. Hmm? Let's say you go to a foreign country and you want to get something to eat, so they bring out the food. And you think what's in it? <laughs> yeah. You got like let's look at the menu and can I look at the ingredients and who knows what this is. Hmm? Tamal Krishnamurti told me a story once when he was in China and preaching there and he had some students and they brought him to uh, 
their house and it was somebody's birthday and they wanted Maharaj to come or something like that. So anyways, there. So they had a cake. So he said, what's the cake? They said, no, 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 no fish, no meat, no eggs, you know, nothing like that, you know. He said, no egg, no egg, you sure? No fish, no. No meat, no, no, no. He said, All right, what is it? Insect. 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 He said, uh, pal, I'll pass on that. <laughs> That's like, we've got to make a new, new, new regulative principle or something. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, so uh, we're talking about trans transrational exercise. By reason, we can come to the conclusion that reason has limitations, and there are things that could be I could engage in that could take me beyond its limitations, hmm? like bhakti, like chanting. This is not a rational exercise. It's not irrational to chant. But the exercise itself is not a rational exercise, but rather I would call it a transrational exercise. It transcends the limits of reason. Hmm? And it can give us experience that reason couldn't. Anyone had a good experience chanting? You couldn't have thought that experience up. Hmm? Hmm? But you could think about the experience and see how it corresponds with what's said in Shastra and, and not make it out to be more than what it is hmm. also. A little glimpse, something like that. You think I'm about to attain frame? <laughs> it's not like that. So, so faith is the vehicle. Hmm? Therefore, faith is our deity, not the doormat that we should step on. Hmm? So when see, we see someone have faith, and we should be very respectful around that their faith. Hmm? And there may be different agents of truth of divinity as well. So. Faith is the way of going. Shadalan, Shadalan. Shadalan Januhi, Shadalan Januhi. Nityananda Prabhu is giving the name. What is the price? Faith. You're just a little Shraddha. A little Shraddha. But you are your Shraddha. <laughs> Krishna says, Shadhayam. What is it? Ayam Purusha. A being is his faith, her faith. And we were made up faith in Rajagun, Tamagun, Satpagun. And uh, as Sridhar Marsh used to say, suspicion leads to suspension. So when we have doubt, then we're suspended. Our animation is suspended. We can't go forward. I was giving an example of being in a foreign country. When you're at home, what do you do? Hmm? When you're home, you're in a temple with friends and devotees, and they say, take prasad. You don't go, what's in it? <laughs> you know, there's affection behind that. You're in home, you're moving freely. You're not proceeding with caution. Hmm? The heart has come out. So in Golok, everyone moving by the heart. There's no, there's no, you're not questioning. Intelligence is, in reason, has application in Golok. How's that? Hmm? How to best serve at any moment? When Yashodamai was suckling Krishna to her breast and the milk on the stove was burning over and there was milk that was gathered from special cows on special grasses that Nanda Maharaj had arranged for, at the insistence of Yashoda because her son was going out and stealing milk and butter from other people's houses. So she accused her husband, what kind of herdsman are you? What kind of milk are you producing? Our son's going elsewhere to steal a butter and yogurt. So get it together. So he got some special cows and special grasses. And then that milk was boiling on the stove. Everybody was out going, arranging for the Indra Yagya. And so... She was home alone, 
None of her assistants were there. So she had to decide, this milk, should I serve the milk? Should I serve him? Hmm? She chose, this, she used her intelligence. I put Krishna down and she did Tadiya Seva. She served that which is dear to Krishna. Hmm? Anyway, so we use our intelligence not whether or not we should serve, hmm? but how to best serve in any instance. So intelligence is most beautiful in, mo in reason, in, in, in most um, uh, fruitful, meaningful, when it's an assistant of faith. Faith really means the clearing of doubts. So you can go forward. <laughs> you don't have to think about it. So it's, uh, it's, it's uh, properly understood, as, as we, we talk about it, it's not a departure from reason. It involves the reasoning as to the limitations of reason and the necessity for comprehensive knowing. I mean, that means the kind of knowing that will fulfill me. Reason will not fulfill me. Reason will not bring astasatpikabhikar. You cannot think yourself into such ecstasy. Hmm? You could do vichar, introspection, very deeply, like a Socrates, huh? something like that, and analyze that... Uh, that I, he can't kill me, whatever he said, you know, uh, that there's a difference between matter and spirit and go there to some extent, but no, but no not the full measure of that. What to speak of uh, Bhakti, Mahaprabhu said, Shrotam api upanasharam dure harigatam rita. Those statements, Ambramasmi, is very far from where you can go with harikata. All these satpikabhikara, asta satpikabhikara, they're all possible in, in, in bhakti. That comes from up to down, that descends to us. Hmm? It will not come by, by reasoning. But we could reason as to how to proceed along the path of bhakti so that we actually proceed. And we might proceed with some caution also hmm? along the path of, at, 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 to, to an extent, at a certain point. Hmm? So... So the point, anyway, I was making is that there are things beyond reason, so how will we know them? Hmm? We have to, Bhagavatam gives a good bashing of the reasoning, unbridled reasoning, unhinged from, uh, from descending knowledge, if you will, and how that will not make you perfectly happy. Perfect knowledge is the knowledge by which we become fulfilled, happy. Hmm? So, uh, so, Avaroha Panta. It's, this is some descending knowledge. Hmm? The infinite wants himself to be known, so the finite can know. Otherwise, not possible. Hmm? It's very hard for intelligent people to digest this. Hmm? Very difficult. <laughs> hmm? But it's very, it's, you have to be very intelligent, I guess <laughs> you could say. So faith is the way for going there, hmm? and transrational practices. And so, when we come to things like origins, we have experience that things have beginning and ends. Beginnings and ends. And we're told we have no beginning and no end. The world has no beginning and end. These are coming from the sutras, from the shastras. So we can think about it think, I don't like that, it doesn't work. I'm, that's, not, that's not working for me. It's like a problem. How can there be no beginning and I've been here forever? You should stop thinking like that, is the idea. Accept hmm? the shastra. Faith means faith in Shastra, in Revelation. That's the way for going there. Hmm? And going beyond the thinking. 
So this conundrum is just for this. Stop thinking. That's how Prabhupada used to say, stop thinking. You're here now, you want to go there. Don't doubt that you're here, you're here. It's a problem. Chanting is for going there. Hmm. Go. Hmm. Don't think about it. Hmm. All right, so, yes? No, that's a Mahatattva. <laughs> Long, little, little late. What is the time now? I thought one quick question. Hmm? Eight o'clock. Yeah. So, next time. Mahatattva. Yeah, that's a big problem. Is what that is. So, come next week. You have a short question. How do you choose a spiritual master? I, I think that the, the Chaitanya Charitamrita says, Brahmanda Brahmite Kon Bhagavan Jeev Guru Krishna Prasade Bhai Bhakti Latovij. He said that the Jeev is wandering in the world hmm, and somehow he becomes lucky. Lucky means Sadhu Sangha. Hmm, because Sadhu Sangha means people are moving, Sadhus are moving without being under the influence of cause and effect of karma. They're moving under Daivim Prakritim, the influence of Bhakti. Hmm? So we come into that association, hmm? we find it comforting, and in the context of that association, some sadhu stands out by his or her example and by the precept, their ability to explain the thing. And what we experience in the presence of our guru, this is arranged by Krishna. The jiva is wandering, becomes lucky. Krishna sends the jiva to a guru. Hmm? Then the guru takes the jiva to Krishna. Hmm? So in a system, unsystematic way, yeah, I'm a devotee. Hmm? I'm also a devotee. Having a guru means in a systematic way, I'm a devotee. And I'm going with guidance. For home-going, home-knowing person is required. Hmm? So we start to get that point. Then in Sadhu Sangha, the, we, 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 when we get that point, we, we find someone, Krishna is sending that. Hmm? And that person speaks in such a way as if, oh, I feel comfortable with that. It's almost like, yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Or, yeah, I, I feel like that too. I couldn't quite say it like that, but I agree with that. <laughs> so it's not a foreign imposition. He or she, the guru, articulates he's a, a kind of a our own prospect coming before us by the example and the precept. So it's quite quite natural. Then we feel like yes, I want such this 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 connection. Hmm? And this has been arranged by Krishna. Hmm? And so the Guru gives the siksha and the disciple gets captured by the siksha. Oh, and then the then the disciple captures the guru <laughs> and says, I've been captured by your siksha, now you must give me diksha. Hmm. So, okay, well, then we're stuck. <laughs> then we're so, something like that. Hmm? All right, we'll stop there. See, see. Aragavinda ki jai. Aragavinda lal ki jai. Goranga Mahaprabhu ki jai. Krishna Lane Temple ki jai. <laughs> Prabhupada Village ki jai. 
ऐसी भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी प्रभुपाद की जाए भक्ति सीधा देव गोस्वामी मानस की जाए भक्ति सिद्धांत सरस्वता को प्रभुपात की जाए भक्ति विनोद परिवार की जाए गौर भक्त वृंद की जाए बहुत प्रेम आनंद